0: Hey everyone, welcome to Podcast of the Day. I'm your host, Grant, and we have an amazing podcast to show you all. So let's get into it. Mortified is the name of the podcast we're talking about today. It actually began as a brand, and it has more than just a podcast to its name. There is a play called Mortified Live, and there is also a a film called Mortified Nation. Obviously, there is the podcast. There are also a couple of anthologies slash books. Um, You also have a TV series and then a website devoted to all things Mortified. So it actually was founded by David Nadelberg, and I'm going to read some of their original stories. So it began in 2002 when the discovery of an unsent teenage love letter led to an email asking people if they knew anyone who wanted to share their childhood writings on stage. And from there, it was born. Um, Mortified is this place to come and share any embarrassing stories, whether it be from your childhood or not too long ago. And it's just a way to put yourself out there and, and laugh at yourself. And uh, just it's, it's a great source of comedy and um, self-discovery. So it's, it's amazing to hear some of the stuff that goes on. And um, I'm really excited to play the clips that I have for you today. So without further ado, let's listen to Mortified. Dear Diary 6th
1: grade February 14th
0: 1991
1: I am really depressed How
0: could she break up with me?
1: Mom, you can't read this Naming a band is really hard I had to be convinced of the name actually I thought it was going to confuse people
2: In 2008, Kate McCouchy and her friend Ricky Lindholm formed a band They wrote satiric anthems about life's biggest issues including dating, friendship and ovaries.
1: Pregnant women are smug. Everyone knows it. Nobody says it because they're pregnant.
2: They chose one that paid tribute to two amazingly talented artists who, in the canon of pop culture, often get overshadowed.
1: We named our band Garfunkel and Oates after Art Garfunkel and John Oates.
2: As in the acclaimed, but admittedly less celebrated halves of Simon and Garfunkel and Hall and Oates. And the choice made sense since Kate has never been drawn to those who win the popularity contest.
1: I always root for the underdog. It's more fun. In third grade, I was on a softball team called the Butterflies, and um, we were horrible. We lost every game. We were the worst. Uh, My coach told my dad I ran as fast as a rock, and um, I believe that I probably did. But yeah, we had a game against the undefeated team, the Bears. And of course, as every great underdog story goes, we beat the undefeated team and they all cried and we all went for ice cream and it was like this great celebration and i'll never forget it and it was such a a kind of beautiful moment in my life as an eight-year-old to go oh this is possible the butterflies beat the bears
2: needless to say kate has always had a soft spot for those who don't get all the attention so while most teenage girls of the 1990s were writing fan letters to jared leto kate's celebrity obsessions were much less predictable
1: I wrote a letter to John Williams. John Williams is one of the most amazing film score composers of all time. E.T. and Star Wars and Indiana Jones and the theme to Home Alone. I was writing a lot of piano music at the time, and I wrote John Williams because I needed some advice.
2: Kate's letter starts off simple enough.
1: July 31st, 1995. Dear Mr. Williams, you are my very favorite composer. I watch you on television and love all of the movie scores you have done. My brother and I even use your movie soundtracks for our home video movies that we make on our own for fun. I'm a really big fan of yours. I even met you very briefly once after one of your concerts at the Garden But as
2: Center the letter goes on, Jersey. she can't help but so geek creepy. out and, well, ramble.
1: I always have music in my head, but I guess everyone does. It is just that sometimes I have original music in my head that I have never heard before. I am sure you know what I'm saying.
2: (laughs) At some point, she's just talking to him about her schoolwork.
1: I ended up getting a D on my biology exam, which got me really upset. Until finally, she works up the nerve
2: to ask him for guidance.
1: Mr. Williams, I know you are really busy, and I understand if you are unable to help me out, but here is my problem. I hope to someday get my music published, but for now I would just like to be able to complete a beautiful song. I am hoping that you can advise me to a formula that I could use in order to accomplish this. Sincerely, Kate Makucci. You know what's funny? As I was reading this, I realized the music that I have gotten published, I don't know what John Williams would think of songs of (laughs) Garfunkel notes. Because, yeah, I was able to finish a bunch of songs about blowjobs and dick jokes. But, you know, I think writing a fan letter maybe is just really important to the person writing it because they're able to share what that person means to them. When I was younger and writing letters to people, that really meant something to me.
2: From PRX and Radiotopia, this is the Mortified Podcast. I'm Dave.
0: Those clips actually all come from the same episode called Celebrity Obsession Part 1, and it's actually like a three-part miniseries on celebrity obsessions. And you can imagine if the... Uh, the name of the the show is Mortified and it's all about sending in these crazy childhood things then celebrity obsessions can be a big topic to talk about so that all comes from part 1 which is episode 84 of Mortified and you can check it out at anywhere that you listen to podcasts also on their website at getmortified.com Now, I said the founder was David Nadelberg uh, of of Mortified, and I got to speak with him about the whole process of getting Mortified off the ground and doing a podcast out of it on top of everything else that they do. So, without further ado, here is that.
3: Hi, my name is David Nadelberg, and I am the founder of a project called Mortified, which makes books and TV projects and all sorts of different things, stage shows, um, and most uh, in the past two years. Uh, or so, we've actually been known for a podcast.
0: Awesome. And so before we even jump into the podcast, where did Mortified begin for you?
3: Um, So Mortified is about 15 years old, um, which is interesting because it began when I was 15 years old, technically. I'm now 42, so... That's interesting math, but no, so when I was 15, I wrote this love letter to a girl um, who I had a, a, you know, obsessive crush on when I was in high school. And um, I never gave her the love letter, but I discovered that love letter years later in my mid twenties and started sharing it with friends. And that led to this idea of what if other people got on stage uh, what if I, you know, rented a theater and got people to, to get on stage and share their most embarrassing childhood writings, not just love letters, but diaries, poems, um, awful song lyrics you wrote when you were 14 and thought you were the next Jim Morrison or Kurt Cobain or Tupac or whoever you thought you were going to be um, and, and share those with total strangers. And so that's what the show is, people, people sharing their past.
0: Um, from that point, um, can you walk me through like how you guys got started and, and what you set out to do?
3: Um, it mortified began as a one night experiment. Okay. Um it, it really uh I, it really kind of was intended to sort of. I think, um, make myself and some other people uh, feel better, some, some struggling writers that I knew. Um, I had I had, uh, had some professional setbacks as a, as a writer uh, at that time. Um, I, I had some good news happen, and then, of course, the good news was followed by bad news, mm-hmm. as, as is prone to, 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 to occur. And um, I was like, well, if, what if I just rented a theater and did this project that has been kind of brewing in my brain for a while? And just to give myself like a sense of empowerment, or uh, and, and, and other writers, like essentially, what you do, what you want to do as an artist is, you know, reach an audience. You want to mm-hmm. communicate with an audience and, and make them emotionally react to something through the power, of whatever the craft is. Um, that's the purpose of media. That's the purpose of art, and um, <clears throat> you know uh, to to simulate an experience or, or conversation and, and um, I liked that I didn't need this giant million dollar like permission. I didn't need this permission from like this giant studio. I could just do this thing on my own and it would just be like a fun thing and then I would get that out of my system and, and move on mm-hmm. and um Interestingly, I moved on from that system. I moved on from from sort of the the Hollywood system and and the traditional route of stuff, and um, I wound up sticking with the mortified route, and that has been a 15-year journey. Yeah, I can imagine. Growing this little child that is now a teenager.
0: So once you got started and enrolling with it, how did it go for you? I mean, did you have a a set plan to um, have different episodes arranged, or did you just kind of figure it out as you
3: went along with it i think we had had, so for the for the mortified podcast we weren't sure originally what format it was going to be i think we thought it would probably be one story per episode okay um which was the original uh or or something of that like one maybe two stories per episode if they were like themed sure and and now the show is a lot of the latter, but um, we thought about like maybe we just take actual mortified shows that are like seventy five minutes long, and then mm-hmm. that's what it is. As you're listening to this big, jump jo- so, uh, and we decided not to do that for a bunch of reasons, but um, yeah. So so uh, at some point we sort of. We made a series of pilots over the years just on our own, just like testing. um, Because it was like, ah, it's real simple. And it it is simple, but it's also like, I don't know, making decisions like hosting. And like, what is the role of the host? Is there a host? Mm -hmm. Is there multiple hosts? Do they matter to the show? And so like, um, should the host be like a celebrity? Like we went through a whole bunch of different... And, like, can we interview people? Should we? Gosh, that's a lot of work. All that kind of stuff. And so we really, um, we made several pilots um, and just kept refining. And and each time we were like, let's try it. Like, can we interrupt a performance with an interview? And if so, how? Um, Like, and so we really, um, we really played and played. This was even before Radiotopia got involved. Mm -hmm. And then we... We were about to kind of launch something on our own, and uh, we heard about Radiotopia, and we wrote them, and um, it was just the right timing, and they got involved. And then we did a few more sort of experiments with them, but this time with, like, real professional, like, public radio people pro- um, uh, guiding us. And so a guy named John Barth really held our hand and said, you know, like, here's, here's, here's what you guys should be doing, and uh, so we really collaborated with them.
0: That's awesome. So at that point, it kind of, I guess, took off, do you want to say, or started to really develop into a uh, a, a cool podcast?
3: Well, I mean, I, I hope it's a cool podcast. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we launched and um, it was great being able to launch with a podcast network um, that had yeah. some sort of momentum behind it because it really helped us, It like gave us a little bit of a halo and a, and a seal of approval. And we weren't sure like if we go with a network at at the, you know, should we go with like a comedy network or, or something that's more like newsy and, and, and like public radio, Mm -hmm. because we're sort of in between those two worlds. Um, And um, we, we decided that this would be the, the, the better route. Um, But, you know, we had people who, yeah, yeah, we, we, we had, we had met with, we had met with a lot of people and actually at the time, really only like serial changed a lot of things um, did, I don't yeah. think I don't think people realize oh I mean obviously people realize that serial changed a lot of things but in a lot of different ways and that I think what a podcast was to the majority of people prior to serial and we launched shortly before that show or around that time um, prior to that podcasts were all like talk shows hosted by comedians it was just a lot of that a lot of Comedians talking about their trajectory, or like people in their kitchen being like, aren't like having basically the equivalent of like a morning talk radio talk show, like, um, and that's fine. There was just like a lot of that. There was just like a and I mean, there still is a lot of that, but like, it was just a glut, uh, and there wasn't a lot of differentiation. And so I think a lot of um, we wanted to be somewhere where it was okay to not. Like with a company that wasn't like, what do you mean you want to interview people and and integrate that into the show and? Sure. And do. <laughs> so we liked that we were working with these people who were a little more documentary oriented.
0: It's super interesting to hear about that, um, especially since Renatopa is. I mean, it's only like you said, it's only been around for two and a half three years, but it's this huge name already, and it's like a founding father of sorts. It seems like, but. Um, yeah,
3: I, uh, here fun fact, we literally wrote them on their website and we're like, hi. Um, we have this show. Maybe you've heard of it because it's been on we've been interviewed and featured on a variety of like NPR shows and, mm-hmm. and, and, and even PRX shows and PRX owns Radiotopia or something like that. And um, so we, we wrote to their website and the CEO wrote us back. Um, which was awesome. Or or the, what was she at the time? Now she's the CEO, but anyway, so woman named Carrie wrote us back, Carrie Hoffman. And she wrote us back through, do you want me to pause for this? I'll pause for this. uh,
0: Yeah, maybe. Sorry,
3: (laughs) hold on. I'll back up in a second. So, um, so we actually wrote to the website of Radiotopia and, um, uh, like to their like customer support like tech support thing, and the person who wrote us back is is now the CEO Carrie Hoffman, and she wrote us at the like our first like five emails were done through like tech support like through you know those like uh, those like type of like uh, ticket emails that yeah. you get where it says don't uh, don't reply below this line or whatever. Yep, that's like all of our communications was done through this. Like I had no idea who this company was <laughs> or like crazy. what they were. It was really bizarre. So we really just wrote them as like these yokels out of the blue. But we said, look, we've been on a lot of NPR shows. And um, so so we felt like maybe they uh, would, even if they hadn't heard of us, they would at least feel like, oh, that's in our wheelhouse. And I said that we have hours and hours of audio. It's sitting in a drawer and it's doing nothing. Yeah. And I think, I think that was the thing that they liked the most. Because they were like, oh, then we have a head start. We, you don't have to just you know, you can use, you can pull from the archives.
0: Totally, totally. Uh, Do you personally um, have a a story or like a couple of different stories that you had in mind when going into this um, this whole project, wanting to share and get out there? Any, any stories that really kick-started you into doing it? Or is it more so about trying to hear other people's stories?
3: I mean, really... Yeah, for me, it was it was about that love letter that I had found. Okay. Um, uh, I just thought it would be fun to share that with strangers. Um, but you know, I, I wrote a lot of poetry and um, stories and essays when I was a kid, so I was always writing. And um, I was really, in, especially in college, and then even even after college, I was I was pretty interested and involved with spoken word stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was involved with like a lot of literary magazines, and even in, in college, I, I produced like a TV show that was like a showcase for like spoken word art. And so that was a lot of stand-ups or poets. Yeah, yeah. And so, but through that, through that, and through some of like the literary magazines that I worked on and chapbooks that I worked on, I saw a lot of terrible poetry, and I developed probably starting in high school, I developed in an, uh, an awareness of the cliches. Mm, of, like, okay. what teenagers write about, but also um, sort of a weird, like, love for it. Like, um, and then, you know, eventually realizing that I was no better. and <laughs> That I was writing the same dribble, just with different dressing. <laughs> right. You know. Find out about Mortified at getmortified.com. That's M-G-E-T-M-O-R-T-I-F-I-E-D dot com. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good place to find out about our podcast, but also about our stage shows and books. And we have a new book coming out this summer actually.
0: Mortified can be found over at GetMortified.com you can also find all of their media presences there, is that a word? I think that's a word um, their their film, their TV series The if you want to catch like a live stage play um, they also have stuff on there um, but I would really recommend go check out GetMortified.com to get all your info on this podcast as well as the brand in general so that'll do it for me on today edition of podcast today i hope you enjoyed let me know what you thought by calling in to the anchor station and other than that i'll catch you tomorrow